0: What's going on, everybody? Josh Calloway, Colin Kennedy, emergency reaction showtime. Jeff Levy is gone. The Oklahoma offensive coordinator, heavily uh, considered a big-time candidate for the Mississippi State opening. He talked about it after the game uh, on Friday against TCU. It is now official. Levy will take over, become the next head coach of the Bulldogs. Our guy here, CK, Colin Kennedy's been all over it. If you've been a VIP subscriber, you've Known the way this has been trending for the last uh, several days, but especially here in the last 24, 48 hours or so. Colin, initial reaction here right off the top. Jeff Levy, after two years at Oklahoma, takes over Mississippi State, making that jump. You know, there's a lot of questions and discussion among OU fans. Is he ready to be a head coach? Well, if whether he's ready, whether he's ready or not, he is now. He's taking over at the Bulldogs. Initial reaction for you as Levy uh, heads over to the SEC and takes over his own program.
1: Yeah, I I don't know
0: where to start exactly because there's so many different (laughs)
1: directions this one could go. But I think the best way to phrase it right off the top is this is a moment everyone kind of knew was coming, as much as he didn't want to admit it. You know, I mean, right? Levy came into this Oklahoma program having studied under a number of big name offensive mind head coaching types, Josh Heupel, Lane Kiffin, to name a few. He takes over at Oklahoma and. For lack of a better term, Josh, he has been acting as the head coach of the offense at Oklahoma since he's been in Norman. And so his ability to structure the offense in Oklahoma, which has been, by every statistical measure, wildly productive, while also having that level of authority within the program, being able to learn from someone like Brent Venables. I think we all knew it was a matter of time before Jeff Levy became a head coach, but also the rumblings behind the scenes for a long time had been Jeff wanted a Power 5 head coaching job to be his first, and this was the perfect storm. Athletic director Zach Selman in Mississippi State, many people know his name. He was essentially Joe Castiglione's right-hand man. In Norman, at the University of Oklahoma, as kind of like the deputy associate athletic director for Castiglione. Wildly popular in Norman. He gets a well-deserved opportunity to lead the athletics program in Mississippi State. And in this era of college football, making the right head coaching hire as an athletic director is essentially more imperative than ever because you yourself are in a countdown timer similar to head coaches these days. And so you better get it right. And if you look at what Selman had to analyze, the head coaching hire he had to make was one that would lead this Mississippi State program into the new SEC as Oklahoma, the place he used to work at and how... He knows that place is well-run. Oklahoma arrives, as does Texas, who is humming right now, set to go play in the Big 12 championship. Obviously, Texas has been funding the football program at a level unseen. So Selman, knowing that those two are coming, and then the rest of the SEC is also out there as well, you got to get it right. And this is your first big hire. It's got to look good. And I think initially, Josh, from what I had been told by sources – Mississippi State was in the mix for a number of sitting head coaches across the country, but a couple of those names who had previous head coaching experience and are actively leading programs, I would say maybe had their eyes elsewhere. And then this thing kind of all of a sudden, as one source put it perfectly, this thing went from Jeff Lebby was going to get that interview and kind of be the back pocket option to suddenly – He's a very realistic option and a finalist down to the wire with Troy head coach, John Sumrall. And so it it went between those two. And I was told Jeff Levy did an outstanding job in his interview, checked a lot of boxes. And for Jeff, I know there was a lot of discourse about what he would do, but I think we all knew not only did he want a power five head coaching opportunity, but the opportunity to go lead a program in the sec, one of his own, that he gets to work for someone who he knows in Zach Selman. I mean, that's right. too hard of an opportunity to pass down. And so, once I think Selman vetted Levy properly and, and knew that this was the guy he could trust, it all fell into place. And here we are sitting today, Oklahoma's
0: offensive coordinator. Now, eventually,
1: will be on the opposite sideline leading an SEC program of his own. Right, and, and you
0: know what a what a weird kind of. I don't know, polarizing two years, I guess, for Jeff Levy at Oklahoma. I mean, whenever he was hired, you know, it was a polarizing hire because of all the baggage that came with him. And statistically, in two years, obviously, it's been really, really good. But I mean, you're this is a guy that we're talking about, you know, a month ago, not even a month ago. Oklahoma fans wanted him gone. I mean, he was on the hot seat, at least in terms of public opinion, not so much. In the building, with the way the offense looked in Lawrence, in Stillwater, those back-to-back losses, then he finishes on a major high note with these crazy numbers. They scored sixty-plus the other day on Friday. It's been a weird two years for him, and it just felt on Friday the way that Brent Venables talked about it, and he was asked post-game, and the way Jeff Levy talked about it—that they just kind of their body language, the way that they spoke, you just you felt like they they feel like this is the way this is going. Because when Brent was talked about job openings a couple of weeks ago, he stressed. Guys, make sure it's the right thing for you. You know, it's not always just because it's an upgrade, actually going to be an upgrade for your life, things like that. When he was asking about it again on Friday, it was much more, I'm always happy for my guys to move up. Like, it was a very different tone. And so I felt like that's the way things were going. So, obviously now there's a ton of questions for Oklahoma fans wondering what the impact of this is actually going to be. We'll start with the short term. What does Oklahoma do now moving forward just in the next week or two, I guess, to, you know, get some stability calm guys down, both players on the team and future players that are committed. that will be signing here, some of them, in a couple of weeks. And obviously they still have a bowl game to play. What's kind of the next step here for Oklahoma uh, now that their offensive coordinator is, is obviously no longer with the team? Yeah, I think, again, going back to that, that discussion of this was a
1: move everyone knew was going to happen one day, just didn't know when. Right. I think it was a very calculated approach by Brent Venables to bring in names like Seth Luttrell, like Matt Wells, like J.P. Lossman. Uh And so the shifts that take place, the initial response, at least at this time, in my opinion, is Brent Venables can look at his staff and say, who do I want to go ahead and give a trial run as my potential promotion in-house? And all signs immediately would point to Seth Luttrell. Now, Josh, I, I have a little bit of an interesting perspective here, and I Plan to write about this more extensively as soon Sooners as Illustrated, but I actually covered Seth for years, contributing to our UNT site hmm, at 24/7 Sports, and right. so Seth and I—I I got to know him very well. I, I watched him up close and personal. I saw how he runs a program. I saw how he calls an offense, and I think Seth—if you know a thing or two about his approach offensively and then off the field—is kind of like a relationship manager. He fits right in. And a big thing here, too, is that with Seth potentially taking the reins as offensive coordinator, he has a well-established well, re- well established relationship with almost everyone in the building. And that's that's almost an understatement. I mean, Bill Bedenboe is his brother-in-law, right? I, he, he knows a lot of these guys, having previously worked with them at other stops. And so I, I initially believe, given everything I've heard, that it's either going to be Seth Luttrell – taking over play calling duties, having previously been able to call plays at a program a couple of years ago. But then on top of that, Josh, I also am not ruling out, and this could easily all get worked out by the time this video publishes. I've heard, and I'm not ruling it out either, that Seth could be a combo co-offensive coordinator type with maybe a presence like a Bill Mm Beanbowl. I believe the two coordinated an offense together at Arizona once upon a time. And then there's guys like Emmett Jones, who's currently serving as the passing game coordinator on staff. Emmett Jones ran a high school program in the state of Texas. Maybe he gets the co-OC opportunity alongside Seth for the time being. And then I wouldn't be surprised if Joe John Finley is another one that gets a right. look for co-OC and DeMarco Murray certainly in there. But those I'm keeping an eye on those three specifically for right now and maybe how they can feed off of Seth. I think the natural inclination giving Bill and, and Seth's relationship, you would give those two the reins given the fact they've called plays together previously, but right. we'll see. I, I think Seth Latrell's is the natural fit here. And for other reasons that we'll dive into, he's potentially going to be a fit moving forward too.
0: Yeah, no, I agree completely. And, and like you said, we'll get into some quick hitter candidates that make sense in just a moment for obviously moving forward in the years ahead, but both in the short term and, Maybe the long term Seth Luttrell because I've seen a little bit of the is Seth Luttrell like promoting from within is not like the flashy hire. Do people not remember how good of a head coach he was in or Texas with Mason Fine and like the guy's done it uh, and had really good offensive success that and the continuity aspect that seems like a like a gimme great move if that's the way that this goes and we'll get into some other potential options in just a second. But I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of fans, obviously the, the, there's a million questions, but. Like we said, the immediate to short term. But what about the impact in terms of, uh, obviously, every OU fan right now, while they may not be crying over losing Jeff Levins, like I said, he's had a polarizing two-year run. What does it mean for the current players, the future players, specifically Jackson Arnold? How worried show you fans be that Jackson Arnold you know, maybe like, this is not what I signed up for? Future players, just kind of the impact that you foresee current roster recruiting that, that could come out of this, in your opinion, or what you've been hearing so far in the kind of, uh you know, initial, you know, last couple of days or so here. Oklahoma cannot afford to lose Jackson Arnold. Let no. me put it that way. Cannot no.
1: afford. And I I use that phrasing, Josh, very delicately. You know what I mean? It, it will become very evident that Oklahoma will be willing to do whatever it takes to keep Jackson Arnold around. Now, that being said, I have heard there is a strong belief Jackson Arnold isn't going anywhere. And understandably so, whether Oklahoma wants to admit it or not, the, the assumption here is that Jackson Arnold is going to take over the starting job, leading Oklahoma into the SEC. This is the player they wanted to lead the program into a newfound conference. Right. And the bottom line here, too, is he's a generational talent. And, and he, in his time at OU to this point, has shown flashes of greatness and they are excited about finally getting him out there as the full-time starter and i don't think they want to extend the wait period much further and again that part of that goes into the fact that jeff levy even with his move jackson arnold knew for a while i believe that this is going to be his job in a very short amount of time Mm -hmm. so from there i'm not really worried about jackson arnold the best way I'll, I'll say it just to kind of spice it up from like the boring sayings. Like if Jackson Arnold isn't wearing an Oklahoma uniform next year, Josh, I don't know. Like we'll figure out some bet, but you can like hit me in the face <laughs> with a ball bat and we'll post it on the YouTube channel for all the fans to watch. As far as the other quarterbacks, obviously Jeff Levy's the primary recruiter for these quarterback commits. Michael Hawkins, Brendan Zerbrug, right. Kevin Sperry. I don't right. think Kevin Sperry's going anywhere. Firm belief in that. I mean, his family. Moved to the state of Oklahoma for a reason. He's sticking with Oklahoma. I think Brennan Zerbrug pretty good chance he sticks around unless Jeff Levy opts to push. But I do think from everything that I've heard to this point, Brennan Zerbrug's a likely stick around candidate. Michael Hawkins and I'm kind of doing this in order. Right. Michael Hawkins is another one who I feel really good about staying around. Obviously, his dad is an Oklahoma alum. Michael Hawkins is, is someone who OU is excited about getting on campus as kind of that legacy commit. And he's a very toolsy, traitsy. He, he has all the potential in the world as a quarterback. The thing, though, is that Hawkins fits well within Levy's system. They have a good relationship with Jeff Levy. And once upon a time, Oklahoma was fighting tooth and nail to get this guy. So... I believe that whatever happens with the offensive coordinator position directly impacts Michael Hawkins the most because I believe he's viewed right now as the most likely candidate of that young core to be a potential starter very soon. Like the timeline can be accelerated for him specifically. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel it worth mentioning going back to Seth Luttrell, Seth Luttrell stays in Norman. I don't think Michael Hawkins is going anywhere. Be Firm belief in that. I, I think that. Luttrell has a great relationship with the Hawkins family. I think there's a lot of trust in his system. And, again, Seth Luttrell is someone that anyone in the state of Texas who has kind of gone through the recruiting circles, they knew of him and his offensive success because of his time at North Texas and then even beyond that. So I think that's kind of how you analyze things with those recruits. As far as current players, I noted this to our subscribers the other day. I don't know. You know, I I don't know. It's It's one of those things where you can you can sift through things a little bit easier with recruits right now because of the the commitments that have been made. And as much as people hate to hear it, more often than not, recruits are committing to coaches more so than universities. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: for current players, when you know the other members of the staff and you have that reputation already built and you kind of know the lay of the land, in your trajectory within the program—it's kind of harder to tell. And on top of that, I mean, NIL opportunities are a little bit more accessible to those guys currently on campus. They can work through all that stuff in the blink of an eye, whereas recruits, there's a lot of hurdles to jump through. So, I, I think I look at Dylan Gabriel, and I know that's probably the biggest question mark right now. Will he leave for the NFL draft? Will he follow Jeff Levy to Mississippi State? I don't yeah. know. I, I I don't. I think if I were him. I would opt to go to the NFL draft. I know there's a lot of smoke, Josh, about Jeff Levy once upon a time had a strong inside track on Cam Ward, the quarterback outside there at uh, Washington State who's been balling. Yeah. If someone like Cam Ward were to enter the transfer portal and sort through options, I think Levy would go after him. But if Dylan Gabriel does opt to hop into the portal rather than pursue the draft waters, you have to imagine it's Mississippi State for him. But I don't know. I think that's the biggest moral of the story right now. I don't know what Dylan Gabriel, that's going to be completely up to him and his family. And then as far as the other players on the roster, that's the best way I can put it. I don't think that we're going to have a lot of clarity on that situation, Josh, until the team meets with Jeff Levy and then meets with position
0: coaches and Brent Venables to work out what the future looks like in Norman. Boy, it's crazy how quick things change because you go from, you know, Dylan Gabriel played what is widely assumed, I think, correctly so, that he played his final game in Norman on Friday, had to send off the big ovation. He talked about in post game, I love this place. This place needed me. I needed it. All that great stuff. And it's like, okay, we're now ushering the Jackson Arnold era, even though he does have another year of eligibility, like you referenced. And, and we just talked about it. We don't think Jackson Arnold's going to leave. That'd be a big surprise. But if he did, all of a sudden, if you're Brian Venables, you're saying, please, DG, stay another year. Like, we need you bad. Like, the way that that changes so quickly, That's just college football in uh, 2023, I guess. It's kind of funny. As far as, you know, you touched on all the quarterbacks and, and, and Jackson Arnold and obviously future guys, Sperry, Hawkins. The guys – Elsewhere on the offense, all the skilled players we've talked about it many times on the podcast over the last few months. All these receivers they have committed, all these Devon Mitchell, this you know, highly touted tight end coming in. These things go in, in hand in hand with the staff. In terms of would you expect, in your mind, most of this offensive staff to stay in place? Do you think mm-hmm. some guys will go with Levy? How do you kind of see that shaking out? I mean, Joe John Finley, DeMarco Murray, these guys you mentioned, Bill Beedenbow. Emmett Jones, are these guys all in your mind? They're at Oklahoma and there'll just be a new OC, or is it potentially they all go with Levy or some of them go with Levy and it's a whole new offensive regime next year? How do you kind of see that shaking out now over the next, you know, obviously couple of weeks, month?
1: Yeah, I think it's a really good question to ask in the multi layered way that you asked it because not only yeah. do OU fans want to know what happens with these coaches, right? But how does that impact the recruits who they went after? <laughs> right. I, I would lead off with the fact I'd be pretty stunned if guys like Emmett Jones and Bill Beatenboe aren't in Norman. Sure. I, I I personally, and we'll get into this later, I'm personally of the assumption, unless some something drastic changes, that if Brent Venables is interviewing external offensive coordinator candidates, I would believe he would look them in the eyes and say, you do not get to hire an offensive line coach. You do not get to hire a wide receivers coach. <laughs> And there's a pretty good chance you don't get to hire a running backs coach either. Now more on that later, but Joe, John Finley, I think makes a lot of sense if you're Jeff Levy to go after. Now the, the key luxury, Josh, that we have to talk about and and talk through with the fans. The big thing to keep in mind here, guys, is that Jeff Levy is probably going to take over both play calling duties and the program at Mississippi state. So technically you're not going to Mississippi State to call plays if you're named an offensive coordinator or a co-offensive coordinator. But with an offensive coordinator or co oc title, you get a raise. You, you get some of those perks, right? Sure. And so I think for Joe John Finley, if the call is made, and Jeff Levy trusts Joe John Finley as much as anybody on the staff. If the call is made, hey, do you want to come be an offensive coordinator or co-offensive coordinator? I think he would entertain it. I know his agent would probably entertain it, right? Because that's called doing a good job. Mm. And then from there, as far as the offensive staffers, again, Bill Bimbo, Emma Jones. I I know that DeMarco Murray is likely to stay. But what I think people don't know is how close DeMarco Murray and Jeff Levy are. And again, this is more just working through possibilities. Because we don't know for sure. But like the close-knit relationship that Jeff Levy and DeMarco Murray have, if I'm Jeff Levy, I'm at least making him say no. Like, I'm offering DeMarco Murray, if I think it works best for me, either an OC or co-OC job along with Joe John Finley and saying, Do you want to come with me or no? Because <laughs> for guys yeah. like Joe John and DeMarco, it, it's it's hard. That's the place you played football at as far as University of Oklahoma. I mean, they're both former big-time players at OU, but money is money, opportunity is opportunity, and keep in mind Jeff Levy's an alum too. So we'll see. As far as those individual staffers, I think Joe John would potentially be a little bit more more of a likely candidate than DeMarco, just trying to cover my bases here to give information to the fans. Sure. Another guy that I I am keeping in mind, though, Josh, that makes a lot of sense to me is J.R. Samlin, the director of recruiting for Oklahoma. Yeah, he was the tight ends coach and recruiting coordinator at Jacksonville State out there in kind of that region of the country for eight years. And he has also worked at other places, kind of in that mid-south, southeast region. And he came to Oklahoma, leaving Jacksonville State to not coach on the field anymore. If Joe John Finley were to say no to Jeff Levy, J.R. Sandlin, in my opinion, makes a lot of sense as a tight ends hire for Jeff Levy. So keep an eye on that there. And then the last thing I will say, and this is more so me, again, covering my bases, just trying to work through everything. I, I don't think Matt Wells is a, is a real candidate. I personally, and I'll get into this later, I should save a lot more of this information. And I will for our VIP subscribers. Matt Wells, to me, is going to make a lot of sense as a head coach hire for places like New Mexico, UTEP, San Diego State. So those three jobs and a few others I'm keeping an eye on. I also know that Baylor moved on from Jeff Grimes' offensive coordinator, and apparently, according to Reports, has told Dave Aranda they would like him to hire an offensive coordinator with head coaching experience. So Matt Wells makes a lot of sense to me there, right? But the last thing I'll say, if I'm Jeff Levy, I know that there are a couple other names out there, who makes sense for him to hire I believe Randy Clements Josh is a name that makes a lot of sense at North Carolina the two are very close mm-hmm. they coach together at Baylor he's the offensive line coach at North Carolina currently if I'm Jeff Levy I would look at those guys I would try and hire a guy like Clements and then I would pick up the phone and I would call Brandon Hall and I would say I mean look if you want to be my defensive coordinator <laughs> <laughs> yeah because this is the this is the way I'll, I'll phrase it. And I can't emphasize this is enough. This is all an if. This is an if. But I know for a fact it's time to get Brandon Hall a raise. You know what I mean? Right. I, I the guy has done an outstanding job. And what I think a lot of people at home are a little bit shocked by when I mention his name is like, how does that make any sense? He's from Oklahoma, all that stuff. Well, keep in mind. Brandon Hall is the ideal candidate, if you really think about it, to be a defensive coordinator, especially at a place like Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. He was a defensive coordinator at Troy. He was also the interim head coach at Troy. So he has both coordinator and interim head coaching experience. He can help you. He can be that defensive head coach type, which would alleviate pressure for someone like Jeff Levy, who's calling plays and trying to run his program. And Brandon Hall is just a hell of a football coach. So I'm not saying that's a, a strong pot poss- I'm just saying to cover my bases, if I'm Oklahoma or if I'm Jeff Lebby, I don't care. I would go ahead and make Brandon Hall's agent smile. So do sure. with that what you will. But to me, if I'm Jeff Lebby, and this is maybe more so advice an educated guess, Brandon Hall makes a lot of sense. As a coordinator type. And I, I think whether it's at Oklahoma, Mississippi State, or elsewhere, as the coaching carousel spins, I think Brandon Hall now is the time to get that guy secure because he deserves any type of promotion you can
0: get him. It's all fascinating stuff. And it's gonna be crazy to see how it the ripple effects of it, obviously, because you just you, you look at the most basic level, you think oh, offense coordinator is gone, you hire a new one, you move on. But it, it just obviously it goes well beyond all of that, and that's why VIP subscriber. Join the board, 247 sportscom A lot there for you, and we're going to continue to sift this out. Colin's been all over it. Obviously, our Mississippi State guys have been all over it on that end as well. Um, I've been frequenting their site just to see what they're saying and, and uh, how this is all unfolding. So now has never been a better time. Black Friday deal's still going on. Never been a better time than now uh, to hop on uh, that train. Colin, obviously, before you go, we talked about Seth Lachali. It makes a ton of sense for a lot of reasons some other candidates that you could see, and this isn't necessarily, I mean, it, you know, we're, we just happened, you know, we're going to learn more names that get thrown out there over the next several days or whatever. But as it stands today, some names that you think could make sense outside the program outside, I, I think we're both in the room that Seth Luttrell seems to make just a ton of sense, but if they were going to go outside the program, some names that you could see falling into uh serious candidacy and maybe being the way that Brent Venables and Oklahoma goes here. What are some names?
1: One of the first
0: calls that I'm making is Brennan
1: Marion. Played Uh at Tulsa was one of the best big play wide receiver threats in America during his time playing in the state. He's the orchestrator of the go-go offense, has a book about it out. He has taken over as the offensive coordinator at UNLV. Once upon a time, Josh, Bobby Petrino was supposed to be Barry Odom's offensive coordinator at UNLV. But when he spurned it, for Texas A&M, in comes Brennan Marion, who everyone knew was one of the best developers of wide receiver talent. But now he gets a chance to show the world his go-go offense that he's right. written about and spoken about. And here we are. UNLV is a, I mean, a national storyline in college football, the success that they have had. I think Brennan Marion's going to get calls for both head coaching and offensive coordinator opportunities. I think there are other SEC programs, Josh, who are actively vetting Brennan Marion as we record this video. Mm-hmm. So I would call Brennan Marion. Jeff Scott makes some sense, right? Obviously was at Clemson. There's a level of familiarity there. Has some head coaching experience. Jeff Scott, to me, makes some sense. Sean Lewis, obviously out there at Colorado. Sure. The The, the saga there. It's a whole lot to get into, but long story short, there's a, a firm belief that Sean Lewis has been done a little bit wrong out there at Colorado. He's a heck of a coach. He would make a lot of sense. And then the last thing I will say as we get out of here, if a change is made at Virginia and Tony Elliott, who was formerly the offensive coordinator at Clemson, right, becomes available, I think that's a call you probably make at the very least if you're Brent Venables because of what Tony Elliott has done, his track record, his former head coaching experience at that situation. We'll see. He's still out there in Virginia, but something to keep in mind, should a change be made at UVA, Tony Elliott is another guy who I think makes a lot of sense to so go ahead and call.
0: For sure. I'll, I'm right with you on that uh, as well. It seems like, I mean, Brent Venables – not that he won't hire somebody outside of his relationships, but he's a very relationship-driven individual. Guys that he's coached with and he knows how they operate are just going to have a big leg up in this type of situation. So I can see that uh, for sure. Like I said, just scratching the surface. We have a lot more time to talk about this uh, as, over the next you know week or so uh, as the onion gets unpeeled more and more and we see what names make sense and what the ripple effect is in terms of players, recruits, coaches all that stuff that's why i need to jump aboard sooner's illustrated oklahoma.247sports.com com. a vip subscriber no better time than now transfer portal season's ramping up crazy times uh, are upon us and uh we're getting started right away didn't take on the season was over for like uh, not even i mean oklahoma wasn't the big Twelve championship game officially for like a couple hours and this stuff started to churn uh up uh, real quickly that that's how it goes in this sport so Jump aboard with us Monday, Sooners Illustrated podcast. Obviously, more episodes later in the week. We'll catch up with you more then. CK, appreciate you taking the time. A little reaction here. We'll see you guys later in the week as we continue to digest this uh, here as uh, Jeff Levy on Mississippi State takes over the head coaching job out there in Starkville.